Hello. Welcome to episode 28 of Our Weird Life. My name's Jodie. And my name is Jack. How are you, Jack? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I've got this nice aroma of uh, coffee wafting into my nostrils. Yes, we just bought an, a new coffee. What is it, exactly? Caramel. Caramel... Latte, Ma- I assume. Okay, is that what a macchiato is? No, caramel macchiato is... I think it's like a stronger coffee in the bottom. Uh, like a shot of coffee? I don't know, you know. I can't remember. Huh. Doesn't it have macadamia in it? Am I making that? I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I and need to know now. So anyway, I do it, like them. This is a caramel latte. Yes. Uh, I've just been outside and like skewered some giant slabs of ice from the from the sides of the house, which was which was really crazy. Like so, we had so much on the roof that had piled up into these big thick slabs, um, probably about like a foot thick, and obviously as it starts to melt, you get this weird overhang, <laughs> like giant icy fingers that start crawling around the mm, edges of the roof. It's like the snow is trying to hug you. Yeah. Like the roof <laughs> is trying to hug the house. Yeah, and this like, icy embrace. But the uh, some of the icicles were coming dangerously close towards the glass, so I went outside and decided to get rid of them. But as you... I literally just tapped. I tapped the one edge of the ice that was overhanging... And the whole lot came down. And, and Jodie was indoors. It. <laughs> Shook the Looking house. out the window. And I think, did you think I'd like got buried under it or something? I did say, didn't you hear me shout? I was like, are you okay? Did <laughs> Is you there anyone me? there? Did you hear me? No. <laughs> and I literally shouted you. I was like, hello. And then you appeared at this other window. I just knew what your reaction would be. Like, if I was inside and I knew you were outside doing that, I would, I'd think I'd go into panic mode. Like, oh, oh, God, she's under the ice. Do you think I'm bad then that I didn't come out? Oh. I just sat here in the warm. It's not great, is it, really? You just like... You, 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 like <laughs> I looked through the window <laughs> and your head was just like poking up <laughs> yeah. slightly from its original position. I was like, oh, he's still there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, never mind. Um, anyway, other than that, I am perfectly fine. To be honest, if you had been buried, you wouldn't have been able to shout back anyway. No, but I mean, there was an almighty crash as it came down, so I would have hoped yeah, I know, you would have. Yeah, I but I shouted, like, are you okay? But if you were under a pile of snow, you wouldn't be able to say, no, I'm not like, okay. <laughs> I guess I'd just wait for the yes, I am okay. But I didn't come out but either You would have been waiting a long time, then if I'd have been crushed underneath ice. How long would you have waited, do you reckon, before you would have actually stood up and been like, oh, maybe he's in trouble? Mm, maybe like five minutes. Five minutes? I don't know, you're always out there doing stuff. Five minutes. I don't think you're stupid enough to stand directly underneath it. I mean, I wouldn't put it past me. Where were you standing? No, I I was... I used my brain today because... (laughs) (laughs) You know the way it kind of falls at an angle and it comes outwards a little bit? Yeah, it like shoots off. It shoots off. I stood well back. Sorry for any background noise, by the way. We've got snow plowers going backwards and forwards. You know, the perils of living in the snowy mountains. Mm. And it's actually pretty windy today. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty beautiful outside though. Sun's reflecting yeah. off all the mountains and stuff. It looks nice. The other day I was sitting. I'm oh, sitting. I was standing, um, waiting to cross the road. Yeah. And this huge gust of wind came and blew all the snow off the tree and right onto me. Oh no, that's and bad luck. It wasn't even snowing that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, now I'm really soaking wet. <laughs> that's <laughs> it was terrible. Horrible. Yeah. Wow. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, how's the coffee, by the way? 
It's really good. I like it. So I found out that a caramel macchiato, hmm. where have I put it now? Um, it's steamed milk, vanilla, caramel, and an espresso shot, I believe. But I don't know if it's like the steamed milk that makes it a macchiato or if it's like the strength of the coffee or if it's the vanilla and caramel combo. Hmm. I don't really understand the deal with steamed milk, to be honest. Like, what's so special about steamed milk or just regular milk? Steamed milk is frothy. That's it, just frothy. So, yeah, so you know when you get like a warm coffee or latte mm. from Starbucks, it, they'll they'll steam the milk. And it's warm, sorry, it's warm. That's the milk is warm and frothy oh. as opposed to like cold and not frothy. Right. There's a snowplow going past our house. Thank you, Mr. Snowplow. Just as we're trying to record a podcast. I actually think he's, like, on the car park across the road. Yeah, they're pretty loud, as you can tell. Anyway. Yeah, he's got... Um, so, this is something I never knew even existed, but people put chains on their tyres. Yeah. Here. And I didn't even know you could do that. So they literally have, like... Um, it's sort of like... <laughs> like medieval, like armor, <laughs> like chainmail. Yeah, chainmail, like on the <laughs> on the tire to help them have grip. But it's have you not of heard crazy, of that really. before? Not heard of snow chains? No, I hadn't. I don't know if we have them in the UK. I think further up north, maybe people, maybe it's just you know big vehicles. But we wouldn't need them. Buses have them on, don't they? Sometimes or is do it, they? Or is that just Japan? I don't know. It's a great idea, anyway. Mm. Stops people getting the stuck as as badly it's really funny though to <laughs> so we have um what was that i don't know. we have um people who send us messages from the uk who are like look at all the snow we had <laughs> and it's like oh. the smallest amount yeah but it is it's a big deal there isn't it because mm. we don't have like the stuff to cope with it we as well yeah um but here the like the the normal level is about a foot a day that's quite regular mm. and um it's just funny the the total difference of yeah they get like that. two inches of snow and yeah you look exhausted yeah yeah I'm really tired <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely knackered I've got a headache actually oh, um, my neck pain is not any better really it no. is kind of but it's got nothing to do with the uh, all the dancing that you keep doing. I can't help it. Okay. Look, when you've got an injury, you can't just go flying round. But you, you don't understand something. It's like, it's in my bones. I can't not dance. So is your injury. No. <laughs> you don't go in a way. <laughs> it's in my muscles, actually. Okay. Um, but no, like, I feel like I just hear music or just generally I'm in a good mood. I just want to, like, dance. This morning there was no music and you jumped on the bed and you started doing the spoon and the what? What was it called? <laughs> Bowl. The spoon and the bowl, which basically means I don't think that's straightening out your body and then bending like your arms and your legs up one way and then rolling over and doing it backwards the other way. Yeah. And you proceeded to do that over and over again. Yeah. And but then it you made told you me laugh, you got neck pain. It? it made me laugh, but no, who's laughing? That was that the only Not goal you. was to make you laugh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't have to put yourself through that for me. I do. Though. Not until you're better though. Because you, oh, there he is. Yeah, he's on the car park. Hello, Mr. Snowplow. Yeah, no, um, I do have to make you laugh. That's, that's I feel, is one of the reasons you married me. <laughs> like a duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I solemnly swear to make you laugh every day. <laughs> he hasn't smiled in 15 minutes. Let's do the spoon and bowl. 
That'll be funny. <laughs> Even though I'm in excruciating pain. Excruciating? Yeah. Excruciating pain. I want to tell you, Jack, ten of the deadliest creatures that live in the ocean. Boom, 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 boom. Dun, 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 dun. But before I tell you that, I want to tell you some ocean facts. <laughs> just in case, I want to just like, you know, tell you some ocean facts. All right. Did you know that the ocean covers more than 70% of the Earth's surface? I had heard that before, but I mean, you know when you imagine a picture of the globe? Mm. I still don't feel like I would, when when you look over it, it's 70% worth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But maybe that's only because you look at the, you only focus on where the, the land parts are because they're the countries. Yeah. I don't know, but that's a lot in it, 70%. How about this fact? Go on, drop your fact. <laughs> the majority of life on Earth is... Aquatic? <laughs> do you want to say that fact again? How do you say that word? Aquatic. Is it aquatic or aquatic? Aquatic. Is it aquatic? Aquatic. 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 Isn't it aquatic? Like aqua. Aquatic. No, I don't know. Anyway. It's aquatic. Yeah. 94% of the Earth's living species exist in the ocean. 94%. Of the Earth's living species? Yeah. Live wow. in the ocean. Is, it, is that classing like plankton and stuff? You know, really tiny little... I don't know, little... because it says species. Hmm. But, you know, as if, if you think that it covers 70% of the Earth's surface... I suppose that checks out, doesn't it, really? It's, yeah. it's three quarters, effectively three quarters of the entire surface of the planet. The majority of the animals are going to, living things are going to be mm. in there. And we take up a lot more room than, like, loads of little fishies and things. I guess so. And, you know, also, you imagine... You know, say, when you go in the sea, Mm -hmm. um, even though you probably think that there's not... There might not be anything around you except the odd, I don't know, fish or jellyfish, there's probably so much stuff that you don't see. Yeah. And think about. That's the scary part. And saying that, Jack, less than 5% of the planet's oceans have been explored. What? Mm-hmm, Less mm-hmm. than five percent. Less than five percent. Can you imagine the things that are waiting to be discovered in the ocean? Well, that goes along with this other one, which is that we still only know a fraction of the marine species in our ocean. I can absolutely believe that, because the thing is, of the ones that we know of, there's some weird stuff in there. Yeah, it's Real, really strange. Like if if there's ever. If you could ever say there was alien life on Earth, I mean, it's in the ocean, let's mm-hmm. face it. There's some real weird stuff. That was, <laughs> that was quite, a, quite a plop. I was trying to really, like, gently drink this, and that happened. Doesn't that, isn't that always the case? The more you try and muffle something, it just yeah. goes into a It's because I've got my cat explosion. gloves on, and they, they don't allow me to have much grip. No. Because it's right on the um, the knuckle there. Oh, dear. Very so, cute, though. Um, thank you. Yeah, just thinking about the things that are still waiting to be found and explored, that's uh, that's quite scary. Very scary. and uh, Interesting, though. One more ocean fact, and then we'll mm. move on to the animals. Okay. Because I thought you'd like this since you are history buff. Don't you hate that term? <laughs> I'm a history buff. <laughs> <laughs> there are more historic artefacts under the sea than in all of the world's museums combined. I couldn't believe that. Well, you just imagine... 
how many, let's just say from, I don't know, World War Two. just imagine how many planes were shot down or, you know, blew up or ran out of fuel and crashed into the ocean mm. that are now sitting on the ocean bed. Well, apparently there's around a thousand shipwrecks that just lie in Florida Keys alone. I mean, yeah, shipwrecks, obviously there's been more ships. I don't know why mm. I went to planes immediately thinking about the ocean. <laughs> Way All more. those planes. Well, there are a lot of planes. Or obviously. submarines, you know, there's going to be submarines, um, just mini boats, everything. That's, mm. Yeah, God, there must be so many ships and stuff throughout time that have sunk and just left unknown treasures. Imagine people that were on big vessels that were carrying treasure from place to place or they mm. just found treasure and then, then they just sink. I think it's like these statues and cities and things like that are under the ocean that are really creepy to me. Yeah, so the idea of an, of an Atlantis, it seems quite likely, doesn't it, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially since we have not, like, even explored the surface. 95. Is and we what? can't go under a certain amount either. Yeah. Like, otherwise we'll just get crushed to death. Crazy stuff. It's insane. Hmm. So, anyway, let's talk about the um, top ten most dangerous animals. And I've, I'm reading this from a website called Blue Planet Aquarium. Uh, don't know where that is. Top 10 most, what, animals? Um, dangerous. And this was in 2017. So we've this probably article. discovered I could find another article, but I quite like this one. It's a nice varied amount of animals. Let's go with this. So the first one is a puffer fish. Okay. So while they look harmless, they are very dangerous. Um, it's not... Oh, hold on. One puffer fish carries enough toxin to kill 30 adults. It's believed to be 1,200 times more lethal than cyanide. I know that the Japanese chefs who prepare puffer fish, which is called hugu, um, they have to have specific licenses so that they can serve puffer fish because of this venom being so lethal mm. to humans. I think that, do you think that would put you off eating it? I would not eat one. I really wouldn't eat one. Because, no. it, you know, every year... Oh my god, look at this guy. They do have funny little faces, don't they? He's like, oh. We saw a puffer fish, remember? We did, yeah. I took a really cute picture of this little girl puffing out her cheeks yeah. while she was looking at the puffer fish. It was yeah. really adorable. But there are, every year, there's a certain, there's a small percentage of people who die from eating puffer fish because it's yeah. prepared just slightly incorrectly, you know, or they haven't removed uh, the mm-hmm. right stuff. Um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty intense kind of level of. Do you think the same type of people that eat would eat a puffer fish are the same type of people that would jump out of a plane, or um, do you think they're the same type of people that would eat all the unusual things in the world? Well, like what extreme do you think? I reckon there would be some kind of correlation because you remember before when we talked about um, f- uh, fears that you have from when you're born. They're just mm. they're. A, built into your DNA. Uh, heights is one of them. Yeah. And another I one found out this, yeah. is a fear of, well, not a fear necessarily, but a natural awareness of when things look poisonous. Yeah. So I reckon there's a correlation there between those two things because both of them are very primitive um, instincts, you know. So, so maybe, maybe someone who would jump out of a plane and not have the fear of jumping uh, of heights would mm. also be like, this thing looks really poisonous, let's... He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Actually, Jack, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. 
But I, I think I'd be really reluctant to try uh, puff fish on the I wouldn't at all. I wouldn't at all. I like the idea of driving, driving, driving new stuff. Yeah, me too. But that... Oof. It just doesn't... Apparently, doesn't even taste of much anyway. Like, someone said it tastes like chicken. Right. So I'm like, we'll just eat just chicken. Eat chicken. Like, if it was like some crate, like what's that one? Like sea urchin. Yeah. If the thing I was trying was like, say something like a sea urchin, mm. that has apparently like a cheese taste and the texture's really weird and it's bright orange and it comes in like this crazy shell, like spiky ball shell. Is that the one that looks like a tongue? Yeah, it looks like a tongue. Yeah, so. Like something like that, I'd be like, more inclined to try mm. if it was poisonous because it just looks a bit crazy and it tastes very unusual. But a puffer fish doesn't apparently taste of much. Yeah, it, right? se- it seems like a it seems like a big risk <laughs> for yeah. something that doesn't really taste. I think it's just one of those uh, things that you special. can say that you ate. Like uh, you can tick it off. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Which I'm not really. I don't. I'm fine. Not doing that. I just want to. I want to. When I try food, I just want to try tasty food. I don't have a desire to taste like mm. dangerous food or, you know, <laughs> you might die from eating this kind of thing. Also, this fish must be just like invincible because nothing can eat it at all. It's That's... lethal for fish to eat. So it's a. Uh... Do you reckon. So that would suggest then that as a kind of species that has evolved over millions of years that's been going for some serious time mm. you know like the same as a tortoise or a turtle they've got these really great defensive mechanisms yeah. um so is a puff fish you can't even be eaten yeah anyway let's move on to the next one okay this is a blue ringed octopus you mm. might have seen this blue ringed unfortunately for us jack it mm. is found in the waters of australia and japan oh <sighs> Out there. When provoked, this tiny octopus will start flashing bright neon blue. Whilst it may look dazzling, one bite can kill a human. The puffer fish has nothing on the blue ringed octopus, as its venom is 10,000 times more lethal than cyanide, and there is no known antidote. 10,000 times more lethal? Yep, and when I show you it. Am I right in thinking that? It's either octopus or squid that have beaks. Yes, octopus they do, yeah. They can actually, they can bite you. Is that not the weirdest thing ever? So is now, that what... I've seen this on, like, Whoa. David Amber or something. And these little circles yeah. on the octopus, they, like, they like glow. Oh, OK. Like, the... like, they do this. Yeah. How that works, by the way, is just beyond me. And I think this is quite small. That's like a little thing. Yeah. Which makes it even more terrifying, don't you think? I mean, it's quite... So it's really the colour of it is like this yellowy kind of orange and then uh, it's got, yeah, bluey purple rings all over it. It does look very dangerous, I've got to say. Like, if you saw that thing coming towards you, you would... Yes. That one's a baby one, I imagine. See, there's, yeah, there's something about the circles in there that really yeah. does... It does... Like, um, look at that. It marks... It glows like fluorescent. You know, we're talking about that primitive thing that we've got of a fear of things that are going to poison us. Yeah. That's what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. Things like mushrooms and frogs and they all have this same kind of like circular blobs all over mm. them. which are like, oh, I'm going to kill you if you eat me. Well, it's like a warning, isn't it? And that's yeah. why other animals that are not harmful, they imitate it. Mm. I still find that fascinating that we, we know that. 
Yeah, deep it's down, weird, isn't it? We look at it and go, well, I probably shouldn't eat that. That's amazing. But it's weird that, because usually, say, like, if you go to, like, a fun fair or somewhere like that or a shops or even in Tokyo, like, it's all bright lights. It's, mm. draw, it's meant to attract you. Like, a t- like you walk in, oh, I'll go in that shop because it's got big, big, like, bright lights outside. So how is that a thing? If, like, naturally, somewhere in us, we're, like, don't go near that brightly coloured frog. Mm. I think Isn't it's that weird? It is, but I think, you know, say you think of, like, the neon lights of Tokyo, because that's emitting this, like, blue light kind of thing. That's a bit different to the... when it's embedded in something that's natural. No, I mean, I mean more so that as, like... How can we as humans are like attracted to the brightly coloured lights and stuff? Maybe this animal wants you to eat it or come near it. Yeah. Like, look at me, look how brightly coloured I am. And then you're like, wow, and touch it and die. I mean, it would make sense because, you know, the way that flowers are very bright and pretty and yeah. that draws in bees and things that want to pollinate and, yeah. you know. Um, so maybe you know. the ocean's trying to kill us, is my point. I mean, it does a pretty good job of it, doesn't it? And don't you think it's just weird that these things exist? Like, we we just roam around here with nothing protecting us. Mm. What could I do? What can I do to a bear? Like, bite it, nothing. I have no poison inside me (laughs) that could kill it at all. Can you imagine if we did? Imagine if we'd evolved in a way that... where we had some kind of thing where we could inject other humans with poison, like, from our own bodies. That's crazy. If humans were poison. That's crazy. What, what would we be? What, how would, what can, would happen? That's just, like, normal in some animals and very normal in, like, sea creatures. And these lights, like, how can they just make themselves reflective? I don't know. I, I think animals just have this weird way of... I mean, evolution is very... It's really slow, and I think that's hard to appreciate. When the way things evolve, it takes so long for it to come on, but over the process of time, they learn how to um their bodies weirdly change according to the environment and different predators and different prey what they need to hunt mm. it's pretty miraculous stuff really but yeah. something like that that blue ring thing i mean it's like some kind of it's like a firework display inside an animal does it disturb you that we didn't know about that until this moment now yet we've like gone in, in the water in japan I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guess if we'd ever encountered one, we wouldn't have known about it much longer, would I we? I never want to go there again, to be honest. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah. I will never go in the ocean again. So the next one is a stonefish. Oh, you, I've I think heard you've about seen, these. Yeah, stonefish. They they look, like, rocky. They can go up to 40 centimetres long. Mm. But what's kind of unique about the stonefish is it has these venomous sacs on its spine, 13, 13 spines. Right. That's weird. Um, I would look <laughs> Yeah. If you come into contact with a stonefish, there's no way of avoiding getting stung. I guess if that's like you tread on it or something. Right. But the venom is actually not used to catch the prey. Um, they actually just catch their prey by waiting like a rock uh-huh. and then attacking really fast. So the venom is just a, like a byproduct of being them? Maybe or- just because they lie on the floor of the ocean so mm. they're like don't friggin' step on me again <laughs> like, <laughs> because they're so annoyed by that they just <laughs> i'm going to stab you <laughs> yeah they just um so you would be quite an unfortunate <laughs> human then to put your foot down onto one of these things on a stonefish yeah and i would never think that either 
like I thought the stonefish had this, um, you know, the the fact that it was a stone, mm. it didn't need protection because it like you cannot see it at all. I'm just trying to find you a picture of a stonefish. They're actually they're way more brightly coloured than I thought. I didn't well, think it would look like that at all. I think that maybe it has like the flash on it or something. I thought it was quite literally a flat like manta ray looking thing that would just look like oh, sand. Oh no, no. This is like it's kind of like It's really spiny, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of um That's not what I thought a stonefish was, but that makes much more sense now. Yeah, it's really like spiky. I don't even think that you would know if you were treading on that. Like it just would feel like stone, surely. Yeah, this is what they look like. Ugly, ugly, ugly fish. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah, their faces are kind of just like perched on top of their, yeah. <laughs> their heads. Yeah, look at they? that one. That one's pink. Is that someone who's been poisoned by one? His feet are massive. Oh, yeah. All bloated. Oh, it says survives agonising and then the rest is cut off. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, when you've you've been injected with this kind of venom. Sting. Your um, the pain that you're supposed to get from these kind of stuff is just absolutely excruciating. Isn't that crazy though? <gasps> Look at that person's legs; they've got, they've turned actually turned black. No, honey, I think that's black and white photo. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. It's like yeah, it's like an X-ray or something. You can see though, can't you? The discoloration in it, even so. Mm, maybe that's why they did it black and white so they could see. Ooh, awful. Um. Stay yeah, away from them stonefish people. Such a small, like, area too, like a lot of these. It's amazing that the power that these things can have, you know, they're really, they're very small, delicate creatures. Oof, gosh. But in the ocean environment, this. you Look are at it, nothing. like, out of the ocean. That, that's such an ugly thing. Really? He looks miserable, doesn't he? He's like, ugh. Wouldn't you be if you look like that? Get out of my ocean. That sounds way too cute. He would have a much more like a... What? Like a grumpier voice, you know. Get out of my ocean. Like that. Yeah. Would he be would he cockney? Yes, he would be cockney. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. If you come any closer, I'm going to stab you with my venom. <laughs> yeah. Like he would be cockney. <laughs> he, he would sound threatening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... So the next is the great white shark. Yeah, I think sharks are just like the ultimate predator. They're Do you fast. Know? They are. Do you though? They're so cold. After I just told you about those other two ones. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about a shark that is just really. It it looks like something that is totally has no care about you. No poison though. No poison, but it doesn't need poison. It just swims around like a bullet. Razor sharp teeth and like three sets of them, or however many it has. Mm. Massive things. They're really quick. They can smell the scent of blood at like like a mile off in the ocean. They can hunt in packs. They're just yeah, that, that's crazy. They're also known for unprovoked attacks. Yeah, like which they're is a just scary. Just when they feel like they're having a bit of a uh, a boring day, they're like, well, there's a pair of legs I can go for and just mm. tear someone to pieces. I don't know how many shark attacks there are every year, though. I don't know whether it's a very common thing. Shall I check for you, Jack? Let's have a look. I imagine in places how like many? Australia, there's quite a few shark attacks, you know. 
A lot there's of that, surfers in the ocean. There's that um, there's that place in Australia, isn't there, where loads of surfers go, and there's known sharks to be there, but it's still the best, so surf, surfers still go there. I mean, doesn't that sound like the epitome of extreme sport? It's like, there's a huge danger there, let's go. So in, in America it says 16 shark attacks. 16 a year? Yeah, with one fatality every two years. Yes, I mean, relatively, it's not That's very, not very many. No, it's not. Let's say in Australia. Well, we know from last week that uh, crocodile attacks are quite frequent. 21 this year so far. That was, last, that was last year. Mm, is so that a lot? You 20 know, average a year. Just imagine that you... How many surfers there are every year that go to these places in Australia. That's not very many attacks, really. So the 64 worldwide and two fatal... It says 11 unprovoked incidents. Does that mean that someone went out there trying to, like, <laughs> smack a shark in the face? <laughs> <laughs> if they get 20 a year, that means there was 19 of those. I should have got this image of people going out on little boats, like, going, <laughs> throwing insults at the sharks. <laughs> Look at you, you sharky moron. <laughs> Look at you, you call that a fin? Sorry, I said 19, I meant nine. A nine? Nine. No, there was 11 unprovoked, so there would have been nine... So these were people just <laughs> swimming away and then one just decided to attack someone. Oh, they're just, yeah, not doing anything. Maybe provoked is like if they're on a surfboard because the shark's like, mm. oh, they want me to chase them. Look how fast that seal is going. I think it's kind of difficult to define the parameters of provoked, really, but I see, I think of provoked as like someone's got a big stick and they're just like hurling <laughs> this thing it. into the water. Should I put how to provoke... A shark. <laughs> to provoke a shark. How, How many people actually want to know the answer to that genuinely like? Mm. How can I make this thing angry? How do you provoke a shark? Oh, touching them. Often uh, involves unhooking sharks or removing them from fishing nets. Ah, that makes sense. So fishermen are often the casualties of these things then. I imagine. Mm, or, however, recently there have been a number of incidents involving divers who were attacked after grabbing or feeding a shark while underwater. Well, you know what? You're just a fool then. I'm sorry, but <laughs> if you, you, if you were going up to these things, going, do you want a sandwich, Sean? And then wonder why your arm is missing when you pull back the sandwich. Yeah. Honestly, what is wrong with people? So, basically, provoked is classed as when a human initiates the physical contact with the shark okay so they try to put their hand on the thing or like they put their foot on the shark or whatever if they remove the fishing hook even though they're trying to help the shark it doesn't matter they're still touching it being a fisherman do you punch a shark in the nose or eye (laughs) oh that's a common thing isn't it what do you think what do you think i I reckon so i've I think I read before that they are um, they're very sensitive or something on their nose or around towards the the point of the head. Mm, and if you like, say. give them a bop on the head, they're like, ooh. Yeah, it says you can in the eye or or the nose, or you can stick your hand in the gills. Oh, that's a smart idea. I mean, seriously though, can you imagine what are the odds that you're going to be able to shove your fist into a mm. gill of a shark? For one, usually the jaws are probably facing towards you, so you won't be able to get there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's. What you do know, you one do? of the, one thing that sticks in my mind is, I think they just recycle this same shot over and over for some kind of David Attenborough um, documentaries. But they'll have a great white. I can't speak today. What's going on? <laughs> a great white that jumps out of the ocean 
and opens its jaws and it's like the lips or the, the gums come up and the teeth come out too. And it like it catches a bird or it catches another fish. It's just it's so scary. <laughs> mm. But you know you said earlier about the shark smelling blood. Mm. That's apparently not true. Oh really? Is that yeah. a false? A falsehood. So you remember that um that uh oh man, I forgot his name. That site that like uh, engineer channel that I told you about. Oh yeah. Um Mark. He's he's like a Steve Owen type character, isn't he? No, 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 no. No, the engineer. Oh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Mark. Engineer. Yeah. And he did the the glitter bomb. I'm I'm lost, I'm sorry. He did the the engineer. Uh, sorry, he, he did the <laughs> he did the when when people stole the package from so that in America they have a lot of people that steal packages from their doorsteps. Yeah. So he made this like bomb, like this glitter bomb. And when people would open the packet, they'd steal the package and open it, it'd be glitter bomb and it would spray stink fart spray. I understand what you mean. Yeah, though. I showed you this the other day, right? Yes. So that same guy, um, I think his name is Mark <laughs> but I can't find the YouTube channel. He um, he did that test twice with the shark blood. Okay. Shark. What did blood. he go into the ocean and like spray blood or something? No, no, no. It's much more advanced than that, Jack. Come on, this guy's <laughs> oh, a scientist. Gosh, he's a scientist. Mark Rober. <laughs> His name's Mark Rober. Okay. Um, shout out to Mark Rober. <laughs> he doesn't need a shout out. Trust me. <laughs> no. Those two videos. One got um, forty-two million views, and one got. The original one got eighty-one million views. Good job, Mark. Anyway, he disproved it that it that they can't smell blood, oh. and they're actually more attracted, slightly more, to cow's blood than human blood. Oh, really? Mm. You know why? No, cow's blood. Not cow's blood. Um, he tried different blood. Let's say it's cow's blood. The reason it's cow's blood is because it's it is completely different taste to what they used to used to tasting. Jack. Don't try and prove, like, <laughs> unless you're going to prove it. Because <laughs> you need to watch this video, otherwise what you're saying sounds very silly right now. No, I'm just saying. He'll tell you, I think he used cow's blood because it was the closest to human's blood. This is my logic, right? Relatively, sharks get very few tastes of cow's blood because cow is a land animal, whereas humans do come into the sea. So this... The taste of this particular blood, it's like tasting a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> they can't smell it anyway, so, so they weren't very interested so in it. All of that's nonsense. But he did put something in the ocean and they were like really circling it. But I'll show you anyway, it's a very good video. It's I thought you'd watched it. his toe. I thought you'd watched it. 81 million people have watched it, have you not watched it? Well, soon it will be 81 million and one. And two. two. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you see a shark, don't panic. <laughs> that is number one rule. Don't panic. What terrible rule. Don't. Whatever it you literally do. says, number one, don't panic. So, you're being circled by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mait maintain eye contact as the shark swims around you. Keep your head above water and try. Keep your head... Oh, keep your head on and swivel and try to maintain eye contact. Keep your head on. As if that's advice. 
stay big, dot, 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 or get small as an option. In the ocean? Does know how hard it is to do these things? Stay big or get small. So you're like, supposed why is to... Why two different options? Like, it's one Keep other, eye contact, surely. swivel round, stay big or be small. Which is it? Don't play dead. This isn't a bear. It's a shark. I mean, that's <laughs> words, words of the wise right there. Cut off the angles. I don't know what that means. And slowly back away. Cut off the angles? Is that like... It, it, I don't understand what that means. I don't know either. Like, limit its options <laughs> in the vast open option. What a silly advice that is. I think don't panic is the worst one. It's like you see a shark coming towards you. Don't panic, my dear. It's only a shark. It's not a bear. Don't worry. Silly advice. The first thing you're going to do is panic. Imagine seeing that fin come towards you. Ugh, terrible. What are you looking at? Oh, no, this is terrible. Can sharks smell fear? Sharks can't smell your fear, but they can feel it. Using their super ability to sense electricity, sharks are able to detect the heartbeat and movement of their prey. Oh, see, Ooh, super horrible. predator. More, more evidence right there. Anyway, let's move on from sharks because okay. everyone knows about sharks. The next is the lionfish. The lionfish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's very venomous, highly venomous, found in the eastern Atlantic Oceans. Mm. So I think we're good there. Yes. And it packs a powerful sting if disturbed. It might not be fatal, but it will certainly be painful. A lot of these... Um, this is the lionfish. Well, these things are, are venomous, aren't they? Yeah, I would I call know. that more of a zebrafish than a lionfish, wouldn't you? It does look very similar to a zebrafish. It's stripy. Maybe there's very little distinction between them, except that's just more what like What is a zebrafish? A, it's like that, but is I think it? just different colours. Yeah, I think so. I was going to say, why is that one not called a zebrafish? Maybe zebrafish are, fish are black and white and they're... Jack, you are so stupid. Why? <laughs> <laughs> they don't look anything like each other. They do. <laughs> completely do. <laughs> Like, right now, you should Google a lionfish and a zebrafish and you see how how wrong Jack is on this. Well. You didn't even know that. You just took a guess. I thought zebrafish were the same. They had all those, like, frilly, flaily fins, but they were just black and white as opposed to being... That, that is black and white, isn't it? Maybe that's a different type of one. Anyway, the, the evidence <laughs> suggests that a zebrafish does not look anything like a lionfish. So they're very, very venomous then. Mm-hmm. But not so much that they they maybe not kill you. Right. So you um, might you might stand a chance then if you were. But it would be very painful still. Of course, as yep. it would be. So, the box jellyfish. Yeah. Um, I think jelly, je- jellyfish in general. Really scary. Well, yeah. they they just you just feel like you're gonna get stung by one, don't you? Like you, mm. you go sw- out swimming in the actually. The last time that we went out swimming in the sea, um, we were, I was talking with one of our friends about, I was like, oh, just careful, just don't go too far out, or just in case there's some jellyfish around. And immediately, I kind of panicked myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I started thinking that I was surrounded by jellyfish all of a sudden. <laughs> well, that must be incredibly painful. Yeah, so the box jellyfish actually has more human fatalities 
on the Australian continent than sharks. I believe that. Well, there's so many of them too, aren't there? Yeah, and um, the string the sting is extremely uncomfortable, and some in some cases can be fatal. Mm. And the box jellyfish have these very long barbs. Are they barbs? Oh no, just... this is in Okinawa. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, yeah that's that's a nasty jellyfish. How how does something like that even exist? If you I you take know. a look now at an image of a jellyfish, they are the strangest things ever. They're just they're just like these big floaty wobbly entities. Yeah. How's that thing have a brain? How does that thing know where to go, what to do? I know. It doesn't make any sense. So we have a few more, but I've been talking for ages now, so I'll just tell you the rest of them quickly. Okay. And uh, then you can do your whatever you want to do. More segment. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a tiger shark. They can go up to five metres. Mm-hmm. Very large. They eat seals, squid, birds, turtles. They're, they're very aggressive, aren't they, tiger sharks, I believe? Yeah, they have a varied diet, making them a threat, a <laughs> deadly a super threat. healthy shark. <laughs> this one's actually quite horrible, a sea snake. Found in the Indian and Pacific Ocean. Uh, is that like, a, like an eel type thing? No, it's an actual snake. Oh, it's an actual snake. Yeah, and there's 50 different species of sne- sne- snakes. <laughs> sea snakes. Um, the most poisonous is the beaked sea snake, whose venom is eight times more toxic as a cobra's. Wow. Just 1.5 milligrams of its venom could kill up to eight humans. Luckily, they are often not known to attack humans. So that's good. But don't provoke them. <laughs> Stay away from the seasonic. Uh, stingrays, as you probably know, stingrays, they are known for passive behaviour. They won't usually attack you. Yeah. But most cases happen when divers or swimmers accidentally step on them and the tail will whip up and uh, the contact with the stinger usually causes pain and possible infection. Oof. Yeah. Um, then we have the great... Barracuda. Oh. Measuring up to six feet, the great barracuda uses lightning speed and ambush tactics to catch its prey or fish. It has fang-like teeth similar those similar to those of the of a piranha, and there have been reported cases of barracudas leaping out of the water to injure boaters. Oh my goodness. Wow. And this is what they look like. Fishermen and da- uh, look at their teeth. Sailors though, have Jack. quite the quite the dangerous occupation, don't they? See, that is a scary animal. If ever you've seen one, look at barracudas. They are monstrous things. So you know, we were talking about like only five percent of the ocean has been explored. Yeah, I reckon somewhere in that other ninety-five percent of the ocean is a barracuda the size of like a whale. A whale, like yeah. a, the whale cuda. Yeah. Well, it's kind of terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. I hate, like, the things right at the bottom of the ocean. Like, we can only go so far down, but the things right at the bottom, like, the ones that glow. Yeah, in, like, the dark, dark depths. Yeah, like, you know the one with, like, I don't know its name, but it's got, like, huge teeth. It looks like a skeleton. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. And it has, sorry, skeleton, and it has, like, a little... Lanternfish. Yeah. Oh, is that what it's called? I think they call lanternfish. There's probably a more scientific name, but, yeah. Like, it's literally carrying a lantern over its head. So strange. Aliens are with us, people. Anyway, thanks for that, Joe. That was very interesting. <laughs> the okay. ocean is a, a frightening place. I think so. So, I, I saw this news article. This is from HuffPost, and I thought it was very interesting. 
I'll read it to you. Okay. Here's the the headline is Disney's Frozen uh, uh, Disney's Frozen assists researchers analyzing 62 year old mystery of Dyatlov Pass. So the snow in the 2013 film Frozen was animated so well that it helped one scientist develop a simulation to study the grim 1959 death of nine Russian hikers. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, this this has been an ongoing mystery since that point of what actually happened to these hikers and, you know, what led up to their death. Okay. So, researchers looking into one of the theories behind the Dyatlov Pass incident, uh, a 1959 unsolved mystery that saw nine hikers killed during an expedition into Russia's Ural Mountains, drew inspiration from one unlikely source, the Disney hit film Frozen. John Gaum, head of Switzerland's Snow Avalanche Simulation Laboratory, and Alexander Puzerin, an engineer, published the results of their findings last week. Their research supports the prevailing theory that an avalanche was behind the death of the nine experienced hikers who were found in a grisly, partially dressed state, with some suffering major skull damage, others missing eyes and one missing a tongue. Mm. Sounds a bit dodgy right there, doesn't it? Yeah. This was the explanation offered by the Russian government after it reopened the case in 2019, but sceptics have long argued that the injuries the hikers sustained were inconsistent with those of an avalanche, mm. which normally causes asphyxiation, as you would imagine being buried under piles and piles of snow. Uh, so theories which have lit quite literally ranged from alien abductions to attacks by a Russian yeti <laughs> Mm. have surrounded the tragic incident over the years. Um, but Gaumann Puzerin's research suggests that a, na a nature phenomenon known as a slab avalanche may have been responsible. And these occur when chunks of snow sitting atop a weaker snow layer crack apart and slide downwards mm. all of a sudden, often reaching speeds of about 80 miles per hour after six seconds. Wow. That's, that's some serious like natural power, isn't it? hoping that was just amplified by the microphone but that honestly sounded as though we were about to get attacked what the heck they fly over sometimes don't they the jets yeah it's, it's north korea isn't it <laughs> don't even joke about that Jack. <laughs> don't even joke about that so in order to support this theory gam constructed a computer simulation of a slab avalanche that was inspired by the animation of snow in frozen according to national geographic gam was impressed with the film's depiction of snow and travelled to Hollywood to ask Disney animators about their animation process. <laughs> Can you believe that that would end up having an impact on the research about, like, a real-life um, event? Yeah, it's kind of mad, really, isn't it? It really is. I think it had, like, snow researchers that worked on Frozen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's crazy. <sighs> Ultimately, Gaum and Pierson determined that the irregular topography of the mountain cuts that the hikers had made into the snow to set up their tent and strong winds blowing through the region had set off a delayed slab avalanche resulting in several of the injuries found on the bodies like the school trauma the missing eyes tongue and undressed state of the corpses this is the weirdest part are currently unexplainable 
though National Geographic's report suggests that paradoxical undressing, a phenomenon where people dying of hypothermia will remove their own clothes, as well as mountain scavengers, might have been responsible. Isn't that weird in the state of hypothermia that you'd, for some reason, your brain would be like, you need to take all off off your clothes to get warmer? Um, but anyway, I thought that was very interesting that, that something from animation might have shed some light on what actually happened to those poor hikers in Russia. When they say mountain scavengers, do they mean just like animals? Yeah, I think so, like uh, mountain wolves or, you know, stuff like that. It's weird that they would go for the eyes and the tongue first. Um, Maybe because well, that was and, like the and softest. And birds too and, you know, like eagles and stuff. That's, That's true. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, interesting well, it nonetheless. It doesn't seem that unusual to me. What doesn't seem unusual? Like the whole mystery. Well, just imagine that you've, in, let's say in a report that you get of nine people who die in the mountains, that they're, what happens to them seems to be like skull injuries, eyes missing, tongue missing. It's, but yeah, but you can like, see how that can feed into a kind of uh, like a conspiracy of it being more than just an avalanche. I get it, but also, like if that like it's quite common for people to undress when they get hypothermia. Yeah, I reckon. I think then, that's more modern research, quite honestly. Like this was taken from nineteen fifty nine. There's nothing to suggest that that was a uh, that that evidence was known then. You know. To be honest, I was thinking about that the other day because. I think it was when we were outside mm. and when your clothes are wet and you think, like, how would you get that warm if your clothes are wet? You take them off. That's very true, actually. Because if your clothes are wet, then you're going to freeze. Yeah. So but you probably just think, oh, well, I'll take them off. Well, just being, imagine as well being... You're hiking through these snowy mountains and the wind is blowing crazily and you're soaked. Mm. Um and as you're getting cold here, you probably just think this is making me, you know, wind that's running through cold clothes or that's stuck to your skin. It's horrible, isn't it? Mm. It's the worst feeling. I literally came in the other day after scraping snow off the drive and my ankles and feet were freezing because they were soaked through. Yeah. And literally the first thing I did was took them off. <laughs> I was trying to, like, get the snow out of that little stream and it was it sort of, like, gone over it. Um, so I kicked it to push it into the stream and my foot went straight into the stream. <laughs> I was like, oh, great, now I've got, like, ice-cold water on my foot. Oh, no. Mm. Terrible. Oh, so we've got, as well, a little humi- humidifier in the car mm. um, because you, your skin gets very dry in the winter and I've discovered humidifiers, which I didn't even know existed before. Well, I did know they existed, but had absolutely no use for them in England. Well, we... The only thing that I knew of, I knew about dehumidifiers mm. because one time back home when we, we had like an extra bit, like the conservatory put on, and when they were building that, they needed to take all the moisture out of the room. Uh. And so we ended up getting a dehumidifier mm. and you'd end up collecting like, you know, big, like loads of water over the course of a day. Um, but the idea of using a humidifier, it just mm. never seemed necessary. Like yeah. Why would you want to put more water into the air? But when you're using... You these know, heaters. these heaters, it just, everything dries out. Like your throat always gets really sore too. Yeah, it's, so like, it's, it's kind of necessary. It's like living in the coldest desert you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Hopefully we are heading into the spring soon. What makes you think that, Jack? It's um, like snowing every day. Because I just got a feeling. 
I feel it in my waters, you know. It's been cold for long enough. <laughs> in your waters. Actually, what's happening is I'm just praying beyond belief that it just starts getting warmer because you just, you know, when you're in this, I think too much of anything, you get sick of it. Mm, I don't think I'm sick of the snow yet. I'm just, I'm looking forward to being warmer. I don't like the wind. I could do without the wind, yeah. but the snow is honestly fine. But it has been very, very cold recently. It has. To the point where from the door to the car, your hands are frozen. Like, your hand, not actually frozen, but your hands are like ice blocks. It's unbelievable, yeah. God, don't we sound like the most British people in the world? Complain about the weather. Yeah. Yeah, I know, you're so boring. Anyway, enough of that. Let's bring <laughs> the podcast to an end. Thank you very much once again for tuning in. That was episode... 28. Uh, eight. Sorry, I was going to say 27, like I was going to join you. Oh, okay. And then I just said, <laughs> and then you said eight, and I was like, 28. Eight. Um, I ruined that. If you would like to be part of the Owl Commune Twitter, then you can join our Twitter page at Our Weird Life Pod. We also have Instagram, which is using the same name at Our Weird Life Pod, or Facebook at Our Weird Life Podcast. Jody. Yeah. Do you have any revelatory statements? I've got one for you. Okay. Go to bed. <laughs> Take a nap. Don't be so rude. That's <laughs> so rude. You look exhausted. But why does that annoy you? It doesn't annoy me. That's I can what... tell that you, you're physically irritated by the fact that I'm tired. It's just a revelate. It's my revelatory statement. That's not very revelatory, though. Okay, what's your, what's your revelatory you statement? Should, you should be like, oh, Jody, here's a blanket, here's a pillow, I'm going to get you a hot chocolate or a cup of tea, um, here's your book, go and read for an hour. Like, he's like, go bed. <laughs> go bed, look at state of you, you annoy me, you sleepy face is annoying me, go to bed. <laughs> so mean. My revelatory status I don't know how you say it now I forgot revelatory statement statement status (laughs) you can have status too okay is uh, be nice to your wife you know what I mean I'm joking Jack's a wonderful husband I'm just kidding Um, but no he he makes me a cup of tea every morning it really does um, you know mean the world to me and uh, I think you should do that for your partner if you want to. You should make them a drink in the morning <laughs> and it'll mean a lot to them. Tell them that, you know, this is for you. I love you. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so that is it. You can listen to us next Sunday with a brand new podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye.